0: Tell the Whole World Hears is our podcast of mission stories from across the globe, told by members in WEC UK and Ireland. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I am your host, Martha, and together we'll learn more about what mission can look like. It can be challenging to live for Christ in the day-to-day, but hearing from others can inspire us to persevere exactly where God has placed us. Thank you for joining and I hope you enjoy hearing these conversations. Thank you Liz for joining me today. Where was it that you went on mission?
1: I worked in a country called Chad in Central Africa.
0: And how how long was that for and and when was it? What were the dates?
1: Um, In total it was about 24 years. I first went there in 1976 and left around 2000. What was your journey into mission? It came because I ran some youth work at church and somebody sent us to wet camps and at wet camp there was a very challenging message saying is Jesus really the Lord of your life and so he challenged us to actually respond and say Lord I allow you to take control of my life and tell me what to do subsequent to that I felt that the Lord was saying to me that I would leave I was a primary school teacher at the time the Lord was telling me I would leave teaching and move overseas wow so that was just the start I didn't know where or anything else so
0: yeah I think it's it's interesting God quite directly speaks into those situations to guide to guide you somewhere that you you might not have seen yourself going without his without his input there yeah mm. what was your role then when you worked in Chad
1: now this is always the hard thing to say because <laughs> it sort of it kept moving on. I lived in a part of the country later where there was a church and I taught in a Bible school and then I moved to a village which was basically with the aim of working on an unwritten language and trying to share the gospel in that language. and then finally I was doing more admin than anything else while I live in the capital city because um, two of us began to lead the small team so we were team leaders and doing admin but at the same time we were still trying to work with the group of people that we'd worked with in the village.
0: In a sentence can you tell me about one cultural difference?
1: Well I was kind of warned that the women would generally stay in the background but ironically over the years because You're a a white woman in a black society, and also when you're a single woman as well, you're not always expected to stay in the background. And I struggled with that sometimes. In fact, there was one funny situation where this happened to a colleague of mine, not myself, but she was waiting for a meeting in a church, and it's always dusty in Chad. And so one of the elders came into the building and started to dust all the seats. And she expressed surprise at this and said, Oh, good, you're dusting off the seats. And I think she joined in or something. And he looked at her, another white single lady, and said, Well, I need to because there's no women here. <laughs> and oh, this is, although this is funny, it actually expresses the fact that um, it was hard sometimes to know your role because you were between being a woman. Yeah. Unless you were married with children, that was easy then. And being a man, it's interesting to
0: hear about that. And I think we can easily overlook as well the massive um, implications that that can have in in a society being different, how the men and women operate and how they relate with one another.
1: Yeah, I think it's because I was I was in more of a rural setting, and more of a setting that was living in a more traditional way. Once you're into the city or the town or into among stu- students or something else, things change. There's things are different, really.
0: Did you find it quite difficult to relate with the women in that sort of societal context as a single woman? Not
1: really. It was less. It was easier to relate to women than men because that in the church setting, that was relatively easy. But in the Muslim setting, there was there was a lot of. Um, sort of innuendos and nuances that used to come from time to time so you had to be careful but in the um, Christian setting it wasn't usually a problem whereas with the women basically because of a lot of practical tasks that they were doing if you were willing to sit down and just join in like you know peel the peanuts or cut the onions up or something else you could just have a good relationship so no that wasn't too difficult really There are some things that trip you up when I was teaching because I'm left handed, and left hand is the dirty hand, and anything good you would do with your right hand. And it once came up that this once I think it was just one student, to be honest, but he really struggled when I wrote on a blackboard with the left hand. It was very strange. I never met anybody else who struggled with that. And of course, I always was very careful. I was aware that you used your right hand for all the clean things and eating and everything. So I was always careful to
0: do that. How did you see prayer functioning in your in your service as a missionary?
1: Yeah, when I was first living in a setting that was uh, basically mainly the folks around us were Muslims, a girl who used to come in and help me, she said something about prayer. What came out of that conversation was that she didn't realize that we prayed. Now, this is because, I mean, Muslims pray very visibly. That never occurred to her that I was reading God's word and praying because I was doing it sort of discreetly. And when we had our prayer times as well, it was usually when we were on our own in the evening. And so later we were working again in a a village that was mainly Muslim. We actually realized that we needed to let people know what we believed in a more overt way. And so we spoke about prayer a lot more. Really, God did use it. We all had goats and a lot of people had their goats stolen. And obviously they were very unhappy about that. We were very unhappy on their behalf as well. Well, eventually the night came when somebody tried to steal our goats. Now, as it happens, one of our goats was the most awkward goat that I ever knew. And so when they tried to steal our goats and went off with them, this particular goat was very, very difficult. Anyway, consequently, it led to these thieves being caught. When the village chief came to to see us, what he said to us, well, they stole our goats, they stole this person's goats, and they stole that person's goats, and they got away with it. But when they stole your goats, you were women of prayer, and that goat would not be stolen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Excellent. That's a brilliant testimony.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just spoke to us that well. Maybe we we hadn't been sure up until that time they, what they thought about us. But anyway, that was very comforting to us that they thought that that they was, they had a certain respect, you know, for our yeah. our spiritual lives. And it happened again when there was a time of drought. The whole church was praying. And the people of the village were also doing certain things that they would do to try and bring the rain. They made certain sacrifices. And this went on for some time, for a month or so, while we were waiting for rain. And then the church as a whole had a week of prayer. And a lady from the village used to come and sweep our yard and make it all neat and tidy first thing in the morning. And she went back into the village. And said to the village oh you know they're praying for rain now they're praying for rain well god so chose it that it was that week that it started to rain dear patty this lady used to come to us in the morning she went into the village you know she said we did all these things for rain but they have been praying for rain and now god sent rain and so we didn't have to give the test or when neil pointed out because patty did it all for us anyway wow amazing i think there was just so many times during that period of living in the village that we saw god answer prayer really used to get stopped regularly in different places along the road and just every single time you actually basically had to talk your way through it and just and i think god just helped in so many situations it's the just God proving himself again and again to take you through difficult times.
0: If you could go back in time, what would you tell your 20-something-year-old self about mission?
1: I think that God's in charge and that what you're imagining happening is probably not what is going to happen. And so the most important part of mission is actually your relationship with Jesus Christ and trusting him day by day. Although you can prepare yourself, it's actually your walk with the Lord that is actually more important than anything else, because you're just going to be flung into situations that you just don't know anything about. And so you're going to have to know that he's there. Uh during the time I lived in Chad, it went through civil war and there was a lot of upheaval. You just can't see what's going to happen. So you have to trust the Lord, and that's the most important thing.
0: That must have been pretty scary, being in the country during Civil War. Anything you want to share about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, each move was quite traumatic because I think that was one of the hardest things. You would settle into doing something and you're in relationship with whatever group of people are around you. And then you're left facing the fact that you may be um, a target for other groups of people yeah. just because you're there. And there's a question of whether you should just put your heads down and stay, or whether you should actually up and go. And we had, I had to make that decision several times. Yeah, you know, God did direct us. I think, well, you have to recognize that it's not always the same for everybody, because God knows us. He knows whether we can take trouble or not, because some people find it very, very hard and very stressful, and others. Are maybe more phlegmatic and so you just stay put. Yeah. But for others it's better for them to leave. So it it brings up a well, it raises a lot of questions at the time.
0: And that comes back to what you were saying about having a relationship with Jesus. You, you know, you can't discern those decisions if you aren't seeking him daily and and reading the word and investing in your relationship with him. Yeah.
1: You're still the same person, whether you're in this country or whether you're in mission overseas. Yeah. And so it's it's you and your relationship with the Lord that's actually the most significant thing. Not where you can not really, I would say, what you can do or not do, actually.
0: Wow. I've been really encouraged by talking with you today. So so thank you very much, Liz. We hope you enjoyed Till the Whole World Hears. If you found this helpful, please write a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to know more about WEC UK and Ireland, you can visit our website or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in the description. Join us next time to hear more about what living as a missionary is like. Thanks for sharing our podcast and blessings on your week. Goodbye.